8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. What off air we've been talking about Kenya, so the name Professor uh, Patrick Lumumba does come through. Not that we're going to talk to him. I'm talking to uh, his compatriot uh, in Jerry Kabebera, so Kabeberi. Naturally, we will talk, touch on him because they come from the same country. She is the executive director of Greenpeace Africa, which suggests in many ways it's just as important as holding up a professorship at a university, maybe even more so because of the issues of climate and, and what's green and not so green around our world. So thank you for coming in, and Jerry, I appreciate you agreeing to be our big hitter for the evening. We've got one hour with you. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Let's talk about, let's, let's start by talking about when, when people find out that you're with Greenpeace, right? Uh, how many people generally understand that it, w- w- what Greenpeace really does and, and, and the type of activism that you're involved in? Um, unfortunately, uh, Greenpeace is not as well known as we would like it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greenpeace is more known for its activities internationally, and we would like it to be as well known here in Africa. Uh, so we have in Africa, we are working in five different countries. We are working here in South Africa on climate and energy issues. Um, our first big fight here is against coal for water. We fight for water mm-hmm. against coal. We fight for renewable energies here in South Africa. In the Congo Basin, that is Cameroon and the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo, we are fighting for retaining the second largest rainforest in the world, that is the Congo Basin Forest, uh, which is being destroyed by seconds. <laughs> and in Kenya, we do a campaign called Food for Life Campaign, uh, really trying to target drought areas and look at how they can be food sustainable for the future. And in West Africa, we are doing what we call the Oceans Campaign because the West Africa Ocean or has been found to be the most uh, productive ocean in terms of fish and also coral, coral. So we are trying to sustain it for Africa and also to have it better managed than it is currently. So for us, uh, when we talk Greenpeace, we talk about a variety of issues, a variety of mixed issues that all contribute to better management of our, of our planet and our continent. Well, there are lots to talk about. How And you said you're not as well known in, in Africa as you would be around the world. Why is that the case? Uh, mainly because, uh, okay, first of all, we've, been, we've only been in Africa for 10 years, and that is South Africa for 10 years. And uh, most of the other countries have been less than two years, maybe four years. Mm. Uh, in, in, in Senegal, we've been there like for four years. No, seven years in 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 the Congo Basin, uh, especially Cameroon, four years, and in Kenya, just two years. So, so Greenpeace is a new kid on the block mm, in the relatively. continent, uh, but environmental issues have been with us for the longest time. Okay. So, 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 so we 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 want to work with other environmental organizations in this in this continent, but also with communities who do understand a lot about environment, but we can help to amplify their voice because Greenpeace is a big international name. So working with communities on the ground will help to amplify the voice of those communities. Okay. And let's go back then in terms of like 
So if we if we ask you to define what is you, you spoke about some of the problem areas just now, you know, like rains and the rainforest and all that, but but Greenpeace itself, like wh- why do you exist? What do you do? Uh, Greenpeace exists to. I, th- I think every human being has a responsibility to this planet. And many years ago, when there was um, a nuclear issue in Canada, Greenpeace began by protesting against nuclear. And that is our that is our entry point into this world. We entered to be against nuclear, and thereafter we have expanded we have expand, expanded our issues, and that's why we were called Greenpeace because we were saying nuclear. Mm. doesn't bring peace. Nuclear was known more for war than peace. Yes, yeah. uh, but but we have expanded issues. We we are also doing plastics. We we fight for the preservation of the Antarctic. We fight for for less meat uh, around the world uh, because we think it's healthier to eat more vegetables. But also because production of dairy produces a lot of uh, gas emissions that also contribute to to what we are so trying can to. So can I can I say? Mm. That the the issues around the environment and the impact of the environment, not through sort of un uh, sort of illegal forces like uh, you know like atomic bombs and that right, but through what we would call normal day to day things in our lives like driving a car right, has become far bigger in its awareness now than ever before. So Greenpeace. And, and maybe other organizations like yourself, it's easier for people to understand your work now than ever before because there's a greater concern about the environment than ever before. Or am I wrong? It's true there's a greater concern around the environment issues, especially also in Africa. And because we have had, you know, some champions like uh, the late Professor Wangari Madai mm. and others who championed on particular areas around the environment, like the forest. Has was the forest and, and sustaining the forest. Uh, but we think in Africa, we are still quite behind and we need to get more engaged uh, because our continent is actually being distracted both by ourselves as, as communities, by our governments, and also by foreigners. But if we were more aware, we would stand for our planet. We would stand for our continent. We would stand for our forests. But that lack of awareness is allowing uh, governments and foreigners to collude, to bleed this continent I've, as it I've were. heard that before on a range of other issues too. The question, therefore, with all those problem areas in Africa, what's, what are the governments of the regions uh, doing about it? More to come, and you can connect as well. What do, you, do you want to talk about issues of the environment? It's such an important issue, or do you find it's a switch off? And I'm saying that provocatively, so because I want to get a sense of whether you listening in will find that this is as important as state capture. And if you think it's not as important, then the problem is with you because you may not have a world to live in very, very soon. I mean, that's just the reality. OH9 That's the number for you to get on air. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, male, female in particular. We want to up those female caller numbers. So many of the females who decide not to call, please change that. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, SMS is 40938. You can WhatsApp voice note us. And that's 0614-104-107. Please, 30 seconds maximum if you're doing it via voice note. And then finally, if you're tweeting, it's SFM Viewpoint. Hashtag, that's what you need to use. Tag me, Ashraf Garda. Tag SFM Radio. You'll also pick up on Twitter uh, my guest, uh, Njeri um, Kabeberi, as well as Greenpeace Africa. If you find it on my timeline, you'll see that right away. Okay, more on the Viewpoint in a moment. 
the world's best football league is now available to all. Manchester United battles it out with Crystal Palace in the Premier League match of the week. What a matter is Manchester United the league. The Crystal Palace supporters stunned again. The Red Devils targets maximum points against the Eagles at the Theatre of Dreams, Old Trafford. Catch this clash live on the Premier League's home, SABC3, this Saturday at 4.30pm. Proud report to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. 8 to 10pm, The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. Jerry uh, Kabeberi is with me, the executive director of Greenpeace Africa. So, just to stay with that point that I said before the break, would you agree that that do, do people are they less conscious? Do they do they? We talk about corruption and rightfully so, we should be angry. We talk about issues of state capture and crime, we should be angry. We don't see damage to the environment as a crime at all, isn't it? And, and we should be even more angry about issues of uh, environment degradation because um, soon we're actually losing this continent. I want to give a few statistics. Like in the Congo Basin, we have 750 trucks per day of, of logs going out of the continent. 750 mm-hmm. trucks amounts okay. to about 7 million trees yeah. a year. Wow. Now, 7 million trees a year, even if we were to plant, even if we had, we had plant a million trees, everybody in every country, those trees cannot grow at the same rate as the trees going out. And we have not connected uh, the use of our forests with the cleaning of our environment. And that brings me now to South Africa. Again, a few statistics on South Africa that we use at least 10,000 liters per second to produce coal here in South Africa. We use 10,000 liters, liters per, per second. second. Okay. And, we, and, and a single human being uses approximately 9,000 liters per year. And a family uses about 70,000 liters per year. So you can see how much water is going into production of coal. And yet we have opportunity to have renewable energy like solar and wind power and geothermal differently from the 10,000 liters per, 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 per second. So, so I feel as if our governments are also letting us down here in, in, in Africa because our governments need to, to, ta- to be the leaders of preserving the environment in this continent. They need to be leading to tell us how we cannot use coal, but instead we should all go into renewables, how every household should have a solar panel, how every big farm in dry areas should actually help to produce wind energy. But instead, they are blocking those efforts, even by individuals. They are blocking those efforts by companies that would come in and support. And African gover- African governance needs to take responsibility on environmental issues. So is, is the issue that governments are not totally encouraging it because it's not in the interest because there are some, and I'm not talking South Africa, but there are some big deals taking place that is not in anybody's interest whatsoever for that to change into renewable energies if they are not at the forefront of uh, of renewable energies is is that an issue there are big deals going on there's a lot of corruption going on within the continent there are family deals going on where you just hand over for example a section of the forest to your family members um there is 
transactions of coal going from South Africa to other African countries like Kenya and Senegal. And we are not a coal country. Kenya is not a coal country. Senegal is not a coal country. But in the middle of the world fighting against coal, South Africa is beginning to export coal into other African countries. And of course, we know this is big money. And there is also a lot of corruption. Because why would we want to encourage uh, an energy that is going, that's becoming obsolete in the world, where we have new renewable energies that are actually almost free. Sun, the sun is free. The wind is free. Why do you want to invest in areas and, and, and energies that are going to cost us so much? Okay, here's the clarity. Is that being encouraged by the South African government or is that being encouraged by business, although the government is discouraging it? Both. Both the South African business and the South Africa government. South African government has not dissuaded those businesses from exporting coal because coal is big in South Africa. Coal is the main electricity uh, source in mm. South Africa. But we don't need, like in Kenya and Senegal, we don't need coal as an electricity source. We have geothermal. We are one of the countries that have been using geothermal for the longest time. But we also have the largest windmill in Africa right now. And we also have um, uh, encouragement of solar into households and into businesses. There's a law that any new construction has to have solar. So why are you bringing coal and obsolete uh, energy into the continent? And even then, I want to, to relate the effect of coal into um, we, on climate change. Okay, because, just, just pause on that because yeah. I, I want to pick up on that, the effect of coal on climate change. I want to get to callers as well. So a fascinatingly important discussion, uh, frighteningly so, I think, in terms of saving what planet Earth or Mother Earth. Uh, Injeri Kabebere is with me. She's the executive director of Greenpeace Africa. She's our big hitter for the night. Megan, you're in Cape Town. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having this conversation. It's a pleasure. I think South Africa has been so distracted by the media and its focus on corruption. I think for the last decade, actually, that we have been unaware of the global impact of climate change in South Africa. If you look at the temperatures right now, I'm horrified that everybody's not wondering what on earth is going on and what do we need to prepare you know, the issue of drought, the issue of where we are, the higher temperatures, this is not a one-off. This is going to become the new normal. So how are we preparing? We, we can't be as distracted as, as we have been. We need to turn our attention to seeing what do we do on an individual level? What do we do on a company level? What do we do on a country level? And what's, think, the, what's the answer to that question? Because, I mean, as okay. you asked that, I have a feeling you've answered that yourself, right? Uh, well, yeah, I... I, I I'm part of an organization called Regen Technology, and we've been looking at different solutions and studying sustainability. The challenge is South Africa has been so distracted that it, it's not yet ready to engage it properly, and especially with small businesses mm. and trying to figure All out. Right, I tell you what, stay on the line. I, I want to get I want to get uh, in Jerry to talk to you. I, I gather you guys know the organizations, right? Uh, no? M- well, you need not, to talk yeah. a lot more. Jerry, <laughs> we need to talk speak, more. speak we to need Megan. More, yeah. We need more partnerships, and thank you very much, Megan. I, I just want to say that um, there is a recent release uh, that showed that um, Mpumalanga has the dirtiest, uh, it's the dirtiest hotspot of bad air, bad emissions mm. 
in the whole world. Because, and that is where we have 12 coal plants owned by ESCOM. Exactly. Not only coal, there are, other, there are other minerals being mined as well. What we haven't taken into account is the impact that mining has on our water resources. And the, so, so it's both the air as well as the water. So if we look at water alone, the rainfall that we get in South Africa is not our issue. It's how we collect it. Uh, it's how we manage it. So we don't have a water rainfall issue. We have a water management issue. Exactly. And how do we exactly. totally change our paradigm about collecting water? How do we get underground reservoirs? How do we ensure that every household and every company has additional ways of capturing this water that's just going down back into the ocean? Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. You, you want to just comment again? Yeah, just yeah. to comment that the current Minister of Water has spoken that, uh, has said that by the year 2025, South Africa will not have enough water supply. But the Ministry of Energy, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. is using 10,000 liters of water per second to drive to, the coal. To, to drive mm-hmm. the coal. So, 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 and isn't the government talking to each other? Government needs to talk to each other because this is one nation where, where things are not happening as they should happen but this is the story of the rest of Africa it's like ministries the Ministry of Environment is not speaking to the Ministry of Water is not speaking to the Ministry of Agriculture and government wherever they are needs to begin speaking to well, each other are. for the benefit of the citizens well, well of this said. continent Megan thanks for your contribution appreciate it okay thank you very much keep on listening it's very important what, what people like Megan do in fact Megan if you listen well you should be still listening just tweet us your information just if you can tag us on Twitter Ashraf Ganda SFM Radio hashtag SFM Viewpoint um, and then maybe find Greenpeace Africa as well we will certainly share that uh, immediately more to come uh, so government appears to be distracted by other things and maybe rightfully so that they're paying attention to other things but is the distraction a huge problem that's in south africa what about the rest of the african continent do we fully understand what a big issue it is around the issues of climate change and uh, and resources that appear to have been good for us but in fact are harmful uh, for for the in the land that we live in would you ever consider harmful elements as your enemy we somehow don't think like that more to come from uh, in jerry Kabeberi, the executive director of Greenpeace Africa, in a moment. Barocca FC takes on defending champions Bidvers Verts in the second semi-final of the Telkom Knockout. New Peter Mukaba Stadium will be turned upside down as the host, Bakaha, hope to upset the students. Meanwhile, Kevin Hunt and his clever boys hunt for a away victory to secure a place in the final. Catch this do-or-die encounter live on SABC1 and your favorite SABC radio station this Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. So you should be concerned. I think many people are naturally worried about work and having a career crisis. Well, don't panic. Watch Ispani and you can catch the show, SABC One, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. So tomorrow afternoon, that is, right? Get on the Presa Pusha Panda path to your future. Get your grind going with hustlers as they share their journey to the working world. What better way to prepare than learning from hustlers who've done just that, making it happen. Ispani, SABC One, Tuesdays at 2 p.m., brought to you by SABC Education. Enriching minds, enriching lives. Call SAFM right now on 0891-104-207. Okay, let's get back on air now as we're talking to uh, Jerry Kababeri. I'll take more calls if you wish to comment. So, 
my guest is the executive director of Greenpeace Africa, right? So w- what about the rest of the continent? So South Africa distracted, and you've, you've highlighted some big issues. But, but what about the African Union um, as the starting point? To what level are they able to impose? I also know that, for example, South Africa has hosted the, the previous, I think, COP17 it was. So their commitment supposedly to cultural uh, climate change would be obvious. Yeah, we, we have a few champions in the continent, uh, Rwanda being on top of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rwanda banned plastics almost over 10 years ago. And recently they have persuaded the East Africa community, Rwanda is a member of the East Africa community, to also ban single-use plastics. And as a result, countries like Kenya and Uganda have also now banned single-use plastics and, and imposed very heavy fines for any manufacturer who will be found using single-use plastics, but also... Um, to uh, ordinary citizens who are found trading or even using plastics. So so it's actually become a cat and mouse game for anyone who who may be caught by mm-hmm. by NEMA, the National Environmental Organization there, uh, to, uh, to just trying to use plastics. So there are champions. Mor- I talked about the wind farm in Kenya, which mm-hmm. is the largest, but Morocco also has a very, uh, I think, the second largest wind farm in Africa. So there are countries in Africa that are trying to introduce renewable energy, that are trying to, to move in the right direction. But we have majority of our countries lagging behind. And each of those countries has a, has a ministry of environment and has a ministry of energy and has a ministry of, of agriculture. And those are, these are the, and also ministries of forestry. These are the ministries that should be working together to make sure that we are speaking in one voice mm-hmm. as a continent, as a country in one sense, and then as a continent. And we feel the Africa Union hasn't done enough on environment. Uh, they should be following the cue on, on making sure that we are managing, uh, managing our, environmental prop, uh, our environment properly. But they are lagging behind. The AU is lagging behind. But um, I just want to mention something. When I started working in the environmental movement, working with Greenpeace, I thought it was a race against time to try and save the continent, but also to try and save the planet. Mm -hmm. But I've discovered it's beyond a race against time. At the the rate at which our governments are allowing the continent to be looted, it is beyond a race against time. If government does not reverse mm-hmm. what it has put in place, this race is a race we can't win. And if we don't win this race, we won't just be destroying Africa. We will actually be destroying the planet. It's a privilege to hold the second largest rainforest in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege. But if we don't care about it, if we allow both foreigners and locals to destroy it, we are disregarding, we first of all showing ignorance of that privilege, but also ignorance from a leadership position. Africa needs to lead in this environmental battle. And uh, if Africa led in this environmental battle, we would be a huge resource for the world in the future, positively, not get, not negatively, we would we we are we are the one of the hottest continents, eh? so we can produce we can produce solar for the world as we can produce for our continent, but we are busy digging up our continent and we don't need to dig it up. 
And maybe when we started, we were not aware. Mm. Now we can't feign ignorance. We are aware. I want to get to callers. You, you said it's a race against time and it's a race that it appears we can't win. And then you said if we don't win. So you're already saying we're not going to win this race. So what happens if we fail? What's, what's the scenario? Try and paint a picture for us. What's going to happen to the world? And when will this be? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know when it will be. All I can say is that to win this race, we need every citizen in this continent, every government in this continent, and every foreigner coming into this continent to stand firm with us. We don't want looters. We don't want bleeders of the continent. But we also need our governments to be highly conscious of what is happening around the world. Uh, our first president, the first president of Kenya, who was called President Jomo Kenyatta, mm -hmm. he, he said that one of the, at the time, he, he promised that one of the things he wanted to get rid of in the continent, in, in our country, was ignorance. But we can't feign ignorance anymore, not with internet, not with, with everything Absolutely that we have. So, so we must be at the forefront to protect our own continent so that the rest of the world can respect us. Well said. More to come. Let's get callers now with our guest, Njeri uh, Kabeberi, who is the Executive Director of Greenpeace Africa. Let me just get a spelling right. People are asking questions. So the spelling, Njeri, N-J-E-R-I, and the surname, K-A-B-E-B-E-R-I. But if you check up on my timeline on Twitter, you will indeed find her. Okay, let's get called. Hello, you're on the air first. Hello. Uh, thanks, Ashraf. Look, uh, I do think that um, this uh, continent, it is more um, being killed or being damaged by our leaders, per se. Uh, when your guest is talking about the looters, it is not us people on the ground who allow these foreigners in brackets to come here and loot um, the trees that are, uh, are, are, are the forest, uh, in, in fact, it is our leaders as well. And then we, as on the ground, we don't have us to to stop this guy, this task. Mm, okay. And secondly, and, 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 and that's the sad reality, and then that's um, what is happening, and it, I don't think it will end. As we do know, Ashraf, that our leaders in this continent, they don't think about what um, will happen tomorrow, but what they can have now and in future for their friends and family. And lastly, as of can um, there's, a, there's a professor in, in Bopo, Tesla, mm -hmm. um by the name of Dr. Mulawzi. I, 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 I wish um, the guest there can get hold of that man. He's very effective. He's very, um, he, he, I think he'll be useful for this kind of thing. He's doing, um, he do love um, a, a, a good uh, continent and so forth. Okay, He's very it. active. All right, got that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that call. Let's get, you want to comment on that? I'll get yeah, to other callers yeah, too. Yeah, you just a comment? small yeah. comment that each generation has a responsibility to serve or to do its duty in preserving the planet for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Our generation seems to be the biggest destructor of the planet. 
than any other generation in the past. So, so indeed, we need to stand up. And, and, and I hear that ordinary citizens may think that they don't have enough power, may think that they don't have enough resources. Mm, mm. But around the world, it has always been ordinary citizens who come together and stand firm and say enough is enough. And they can join movements like Greenpeace and a lot of other environmental organizations that exist, both at community level and at national level and at international level. By joining these movements, then you, you add your voice. And when that voice is loud enough, we can be able to stand up to our governments and say enough is enough. Uh, Don't how, sell our continent anymore. How much is loud enough? Loud enough is must be really loud. It must at the rate that the continent is going, it has to be really loud. I don't know whether I I know uh, I gave an I gave an example the other day to my staff, and not everybody is religious, not everybody is a Christian, but in every religion, I am sure there is an example of when injustice becomes too much to handle. And environmental injustice is now too much for us to handle. So we must give a loud voice, as loud that can break the walls of Jericho. And 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 this for and and uh, those who are Christians will know about the story of breaking the walls of Jericho. Mm-hmm. And that is that is when every citizen says enough is enough. Stop looting my continent. Telling this to our government but also telling it to foreigners well, we who are, are getting it easy. Deep, deep in, in, in symbolism. But just by the way, I mean, that's for one aspect <clears> of religion. Just speaking from my own experience of the, of the Islamic faith, uh, even in the, in the wars in those, in, at that time, one of the things the, the, the Muslim groupings with, with the Prophet Muhammad were asked to do is in engaging in wars, you cannot damage vegetation. Now, that's 1,400 years ago. It's just interesting uh, thought to bring up there. Impo, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi, Asraf, and your guest. Yeah, good talking mine to you. Is a, my, mine is a conundrum that uh, I hope that your guest will be able to solve. <sighs> One, if we are uh, advised to stop the, the mining of coal, mm-hmm. and um, when do we do that? Do we have a time frame of us stopping it or stopping that or phasing it out for how long? Because if we don't, if we do it abruptly, what is going to happen to the to, to the to the un- unemployment? situation that we have right now. We've seen the problems with the truck people who are taking FCON and stuff like that. And if we were to do it now, say supposing we wake up tomorrow and we stop the, the uses of coal. Okay. When well, we get the revenue. All right. You know, Let, let's, number, let's, two, yeah. number two number two is that today is the is the World Toilet Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the ministry is it's it's not talking to the environmental uh, uh, people because they're they insisting that every toilet must be flat. Where do we get the water? Well, oh, there you are. Okay, let's get a response. Thank you. I'll answer that. So, so there's the vision of no coal, and he's suggesting an absolute reality. You, you close coal today, then what? What about those people who are skilled in that space but will not have the skills um, in terms of renewable energy? What's going to happen to them? Unemployed? It's, it's very important for... <clears throat> sorry. It's very important for every government to have a plan. And I think the caller who had called earlier, Megan, talked about a management plan, yeah. a management plan of our resources. And when you have a management plan, you you can have a face-out plan as you build 
the renewables, as you build the solar, as you build the wind, so that you don't just one day shut out, shut down the coal, but that you face it out, a very well agreed system of facing out as you build the renewables. I, I, I had again uh, the Minister of Water saying that, uh, no, no, the Minister uh, ESCOM, I think ESCOM or mm -hmm. the Ministry of Energy um, saying that they will need 70 billion uh, runs to clean the energy, the dirty energy, or to clean coal, to have clean coal. But why not invest that 70 billion into renewables so that you have a face out program? But if you're going to, to use 70 billion to still do coal, it means you are not putting in place a sustainable plan for the future. Well, we find out is there a sustainable plan or not uh, uh, at government level? KGM, in a moment, uh, in a moment, rather, Mike, you're on the end. I'll go ahead. Hello. Mike, hello. Good evening, Asha. Evening, Mike. You're Asha, on the air. Is Go it for it. Jerry or Kerry? Just repeat yourself. It's in Jerry. N J E R Y. She's Kenyan, okay? So uh, in Jerry, Kabeberi uh, here. Uh, very good evening to the ladies. Good evening. Uh, I was a war baby. And as I grew up, I declared war on pollution. I've been hammering these guys all my life. And I happen to live on Dirk and Durban's wrecked and polluted beachfront. Uh, we don't only have water pollution, we've got terrible air pollution from refineries, molly paper, uh, SO2, benzene in the air. I think she might be very, very aware of it because uh, there are people associated with Greenpeace that live in the Wentworth area. Uh, I'd like to say one thing. In the mid-1970s, I was approached by very wealthy farmers from Zululand to start Greenpeace in South Africa. I had a visit. I think they were security branch guys that threatened me not to even use the word Greenpeace. Mm, okay, let's let's uh, let's leave it that. Thank you for that uh, call, Mike. You want to respond to that? Uh, I, I think he's making a, a statement, a that, general, that, that yeah. a general statement that uh, indeed there's pollution everywhere, pollution of air, pollution of water, and of course pollution has consequences, health issues. And health issues cost our governments more. It costs us more medicine. It costs us, you know, more more queues on, in hospitals. So, so we must look at um, we must look at environment sustainably. That it's not just about coal or forest or what, but health issues are important. Water issues are important. Agriculture issues are important. And and governments should should step up. They should step up for the benefit of their own citizens and for the benefit of future generations. Well, let's generations. find out what's it going to take for governments to step up. KGM, you're on the air. Your chance. Go ahead. Hello. Good evening, Ashraf. Evening. Good evening to your, your guests. Thank Good you. evening. Ashraf, I, I couldn't agree more with Silla, um, who talked about the role that our leaders and ourselves, really, mm -hmm. as the people play. But I would like to go further than that and say one of the 
challenges that I uh, I experience. I mean, as a, a Musara boy myself who mm. left the bush at the age of seven and still remember exactly what happened there, I find a lot of contradictions in terms of us people where we talk, for instance, in terms of hygiene and hygienic environment uh, as, as, as human beings. Somebody was talking in terms of, of uh, the sewer system, for instance, which we, we ultimately commercialize and use uh, part of that as manure for, for some of the consumables as vegetables and so forth. Now, it seems like there's a threat that comes at times for commercial reasons, where you are told this is dirty, this is unhealthy, yet you mm. have been growing up uh, using and and maybe extending this as a lifestyle. For an example, and as a last comment, recently uh, the mayor of Johannesburg, Mr. Herman Mashaba, got into hot waters mm. because he, he did what he called his first citizen arrest, where we know the story, where somebody was caught... Uh, uh, or supposedly caught with with the, the head of cows uh, that he was selling, and people would say, "We grew up eating these things. Yeah. We eat. This is food to us." But some health practitioners would be like, "This is health hazardous." Now, I would like to bring in your your guest here to say, "I'm concerned about the balance, and the balance in a sense that we as Africans have a way of living which." The worst. They might not love, like it. They might not love it. But we grew up and we still use these mm. practices. How do we balance the commercialization that manipulates and take our cultures and practices and and throw them out of the the, the the way and only to return them in a commercial form? How do we balance that? Okay, it's an important point. Thank you for that call, uh, KGM. I will get a response from uh, from our big hitter for the night in a moment. Are you buying, selling, renting or managing property? Do you know that you must use a registered estate agent? Before you enter into any property transaction, ask the agent to show you their valid Fidelity Fund certificate or license to operate issued by the Estate Agency Affairs Board. If they can't produce it, don't enter into any transaction with that person or firm. To find out if an estate agent is registered or how to become an agent, contact the Estate Agency Affairs Board on 087-285-3222. Okay, so I tell you what, the important issues that we need to remember, often when listening to shows, we give you very valuable information. You always need to write things down, okay? Now, families, as you know, come in all shapes and sizes, and very few South Africans live in nuclear families. Well, that's a statement, but very much a fact. So tune in to SAFM, 104 to 107 nationwide, for a live panel discussion on the very latest South African research on families, parenthood, and what roles both families and the state plays in ensuring the fulfillment of the human potential of all children in South Africa. And this happens on the 20th of November, which is what? Tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. SFM's Talking Point Show, hosted by Bongi Gwala. And this panel discussion is brought to you by the National Research Foundation and the DSTNRF Center of Excellence in Human Development. I'll be tuned in. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. You want to you want to return rather respond to that uh, last call away from uh, KGM uh, in Jerry? Yeah, I, I just want to say that uh, indeed it's true that we have knowledge within the continent. Mm. 
we have indigenous people, for example, in the forest who have been preserving the forests without interference and the forest has grown and managed to be, for example, if I take if I take the Congo Basin Forest to be the second largest rainforest in the world that covers six different countries within yeah, Central wow. Africa. Mm. So there have been people who have been managing that, that forest in their own traditional ways and with their own knowledge. But then now they are being cleared out. As, so these as, are people that traditionally would coexist with animal would life. Would coexist with animal life together, and coexist right? with the forest and know what is medicinal, what is what is dangerous, what is poisonous, and they coexisted. And okay. you still find them there, but a lot of them are being driven away. Mm-hmm. Let's come to the by, issue by of farming. By, by this lo- large uh, large corporates okay. uh, that are coming, that are getting licenses from governments to log in those particular areas. Let's also come to to farming. Uh, and I know this may not resonate directly with South Africa, but within the continent, we have many African people that have been farming for centuries and have passed on the tradition back and over and over. But that farming skill of farming ecologically mm. without pesticides and without uh, without fertilizers that are harmful to our to our food and to our soil has been there for centuries but now we are being enticed by quick uh, fertilize, uh, fertilizers and by quick this and by, and in the process we are destroying our soil and and as a process of destroying our soil we are not able to produce food that mm. is that can sustain us as a people so so this indigenous knowledge exists and we just need to tap into this knowledge so i want to agree with him that it does exist and Small uh, individual organizations sometimes may not have the capacity to harness this, but I bring back to the responsibility of governments. We as individuals have a responsibility to, to maintain our continent in the best way possible, but governments have even a bigger responsibility to make sure that they lead and show the way. Yeah. Is it one of the things, and I mean, and KGM spoke about getting the balance right. Are we, are we nowhere near getting that balance right? No, no, no. We are not getting yeah. the balance right at all. We, 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 we have become a selfish generation. And not generation in terms of just my age group and, you, and your age group and somebody. It's, it's, it's like the century, mm. the, this whole, the human, the humans we have today have become very selfish. Uh, we have, for example, in the in in, in the Republic of Congo, uh, where tracts and tracts of land are given to the daughter of the president. We have uh, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, where over 1.2 million of land is given to an army general. You know. This is irresponsible. This is irresponsible leadership. It's corruption too. And it is corruption and it is selfishness. The the highest level of selfishness where you think because there's this huge forest, you don't know what to do with it. You start sharing it out among your relatives and And, your friends. Patrick Lumumba, your compatriot, said um, corruption should be treated as a crime against humanity in the same way that one would think about the Holocaust and what when we talk about apartheid and those things as crimes against humanity, then, then corruption must be seen in the same light. You and concur? I agree. I agree entirely because 
it is through corruption that we deny the citizens. So let me speak of Africa, that we deny the citizens of Africa their rightful uh, inheritance, their rightful uh, sustainability in terms of their generation, their rightful uh, areas of health. It is through corruption that you find that somebody just takes let me give a small example just to show you how mm. bad it is in the continent. We have a president in the Equatorial Guinea. He has ruled the country for 38 years and his son is the vice, vice president since 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, how is this? How do you have somebody who has ruled the country for 38 years and his son is the vice president? What does wh where are the citizens of that country? Can you imagine how oppressed they must be and how they must feel? We have to get rid of this kind of systems within our continent. We can do better as a continent. Well, 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 we can do better as a people. And we must stand together. The AU is there and the AU is welcoming this kind of leadership. We must root out this kind of leadership because you can imagine the rot that happens within that kind of a presidency. I think it's time for not for the citizens of Equatorial Guinea, but for the citizens of Africa to say enough is enough. We need to move out of this kind of uh, type of leadership, out of this kind of oppression. And firstly, we need to sustain our environment. Well, there you are. Well said. I'm listening to all that, all that and reflecting on it. There's some SMSs. How did they deal with uh, well, the issue of land. Uh, okay, I want to get to land uh, distribution in a second. Uh, Mac from Pumalanga saying the lady, this lady knows what she's talking about for sure. We have a community meeting in uh, Creel, Pumalanga tomorrow night. There's ASCOM once an extension of the emission permits. While at present, these coal-fired power stations are far exceeding their present permits to pollute. We have Cecil 2 and 3 also polluting here in underground coal mines, still smoldering and polluting. And there's another one from saying the viewpoint, uh, re Greenpeace, our continent can be saved only through collaboration or collaborated efforts of 58 countries. Presidents who are old have lost it and show little or no interest in this regard. But maybe the point is they haven't lost it. They have it. That's a key from K, right? Um, government needs to look at the burning of tires during protests. For me, it's just one of those things no one takes it seriously. Um, and that comes from someone called Black Swat, which I just think concerning your name, Forgive me if I'm wrong. It just suggests it's been put together. Black Swat. Just thinking about it. Let's get back to uh, Injeri uh, Kabeberi, the Executive Director of Greenpeace Africa. Let's pick up on some things that may not be directly related because we touched on land here. Um, well, firstly, South Africa election coming up 2019, right? Now, we know your, your ticket is for the whole of Africa, but let's take South Africa. Why is the issue of the environment not an election topic, number one? Because it's not. Nobody speaks about it and have not spoken for 10 years or at least, right? The second point is, is there no space at all for a, a Green Party? I mean, there has been Green Parties in Europe, right? Is there no space for a Green Party that would garner the collective wisdom on people and, and touch on their conscience, say, I'll vote for you? They're probably pretty neutral as well, so they may well get great support from people who are battling to pick out the top three and maybe now Patricia Little's new party. I don't know. Your thoughts on that? Very, very important uh, question. I think they are all political parties, not one, but all political parties should have a topic, should have a section, should have um, an interest in telling the citizens how they are going to protect the environment. And 
that we should start producing green parties in Africa. We have we have we have a green party in Kenya. It's not it it doesn't garner many votes. It 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 has been it was started by the late Professor Wangari Madai, okay. and it hasn't grown. But you see, it's environmental champions who would normally create green parties. So is there space for a green party in South Africa? That there would, should be a space. The there should be a space for green party, for a green party. And even if that green party is not huge enough, it can collaborate with big parties and influence and say, my voters will vote for your party if you push for this green issue. I take it you're not a South African citizen. Otherwise, I'd ask you whether you're going to head up that green party in our country. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely not a South African citizen. I am a friend of South Africans, I am a friend of Africans, and I am a friend of all environmentalists. So as Greenpeace Africa, we intend to influence uh, political parties to have environment in their agenda. Well, I want, I want to ask you whether they do have environment in the agenda. You did, you did say very little, but I want to find out more about that, which we'll do in a moment. On board, offshore, above board, let's drill down to the touch points. Deep dive, get to the core. Cutting edge doesn't cut it anymore. Incomes, outcomes, strategically aligned. What's the key? Key methodologies, key competencies, key deliverables. Unlock value. I'm done. Let's take this offline. If your boardroom banter is more imitation than innovation, up your management game with an NQF Level 9 accredited MBA from UNISA's Graduate School of Business Leadership. Applications close on the 30th of November. Visit the UNISA SPL website to apply. It's exam season, but that's no reason to panic. So whether you're trying to catch up or just take a short break, Hectic 99 has got you covered. Tune in every single day from Monday to Fridays right here on Hectic 99, 4.30 to 5 p.m. to catch the best teen entertainment right here on SABC2, where you belong. Okay, so uh, we all know about Black Friday coming up soon. Uh... Here's a message from the TV licenses office, right? So with Black Friday around the corner, please ensure that your TV license is fully paid. Avoid the disappointment of after bracing the long queues or the latest online deal being declined because you have not paid your license. To get the balance on your account, simply SMS your ID number or TV license account number to 44210. SMSs cost uh, 15 cents. That's it for fast and secure online payment. Log on to www.tv.com. TVLIC.coza, TVLIC, right? TV licenses, making a difference to all your Black Friday shopping experiences. Hashtag made possible by you. Hard hitting interviews on SAFM. Some comments. What an amazing guest. I salute her. Keep up the good work comes from Enid. Uh, Evening Ashraf, great education and wisdom from your activist guest uh, in GRE. I fully support her. Cause in a holistic view on what really matters to the well-being of the world, Doctor Doctor Phil Mahuma. As always, with your wisdom, appreciated from uh, you putting midstream on the map. Right, African culture originates in much sparser population. Population growth necessitates cultural change. Got that? Okay, we've got about three minutes to go. So, so quick one. Are there parties? So I asked you already this, but let's get clarity. Have they put the issues of, of environment on the agenda? Any party? Is it a big election issue that can sway voters? Not not right now and not in South Africa and but it ought to be in the future. 
uh, environmental issues ought to be big issues. Let's take, for example, the case we, we were discussing in Pumalanga. Mm. Pumalanga citizens need to stand firm and say, we have understood internationally and locally that you are poisoning us. You are poisoning our, mm-hmm. our, our, our province. So, so by so doing, unless you give us a blueprint of how we are going to clean up our area, we will not vote for you, whoever it is. And then parties would then be interested in making sure that they have that blueprint. And then, of course, the citizens have to follow up. So, so I just want to speak about citizen empowerment is very important. We've got about a minute and a half to go. Yeah, Citizen empowerment is very important and citizen action is very important. At Greenpeace, we work with volunteers. We work with volunteers. Our biggest supporter base is volunteers because we have across Africa only about 100 staff members. We work with volunteers and we don't get money from corporates and we don't get money from from governments. We get money from individuals. You don't want it? We do, yeah, we don't want money from governments and we don't want money from corporates because you can then compromise us. We don't want to be compromised, okay. but we take money from individuals. So we have a fundraising department, very active here in South Africa and in other countries in Africa. So please Google us, Google Greenpeace Africa, www.greenpeaceafrica.org and see, go through our website, see how you can support us, see how you can donate us. As individuals, we need you. As citizens of Africa, we need you. Yeah. Just, is there a book, because I often ask big hitters this, uh, around the issue of environment that you think we all absolutely need to read? I'm I'm not the best person to say this because I, I come from a human rights and governance background into the environmental world and I'm coming to help the environmentalist champion and campaign better Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm sure it exists and we can all look through But for now Greenpeace dot www.greenpeaceafrica.org Greenpeace Africa we mustn't forget Greenpeace Africa Okay dot org Just lastly in in 15 seconds what what would be your ideal world? what, What would it look like? My ideal world would be where citizens of the world take care of the planet, think about future generations, and just spread love. And when you spread love, you can't destroy the continent. Well, there you yeah. are. Well said for someone who's impressed so many people as our big hitter for tonight. So appreciate you giving up your time, and you are invited again. And we discuss issues of environment, I'm sure of that, uh, in Jerry uh, Kabeberi, the executive director of Greenpeace Africa. Thumbs up to you. Appreciate your time. We'll have a podcast up around 9 o'clock tomorrow. We'll talk expropriation of land, the case without compensation. I need to say that the case for, the case against, in a moment. Let's get the news. It's 9 o'clock.